Psalm 88, a psalm or song for the sons of Korah, to the chief musician upon Mahalath Lanoth, a mascal of Haman the Ezrite. O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee, incline thine ear unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. Free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, when thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the depths. Thy wrath lieth hard upon me, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves. Selah. Thou hast put away mine acquaintance far from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up, and I cannot come forth. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily unto thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Wilt thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise thee? Selah. Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave? Or thy faithfulness in destruction? Shall thy wonders be known in the dark? And thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But unto thee I have cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why castest thou off my soul? Why hidest thou my face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer thy terrors, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about altogether. Lover and friend hast thou put far from me and mine acquaintance into darkness. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. O Lord our God, we do give thee thanks for thy word. We thank thee that every word, every jot, and every tittle of the scriptures is for our learning and for our instruction. And so we ask that as we come tonight to hear thy word preached, we ask that you would give utterance to the one who stands here as your representative. I pray that you would fill my mouth and open it, that you would fill our hearts, that we might rightly digest thy word and receive it with great diligence. O Lord, come and bless thy people, for we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Please be seated. Have you ever had those experiences in life where you feel like the Lord is far from you? That you've often uttered your prayers unto Him, you've, you've cast yourself before Him, and you, you find that there's no relief in sight. Perhaps we cannot relate to the psalmist in that way, but Psalm 88 is a psalm that shows us very clearly the misery And the lament of the psalmist who seems to have no relief in sight. He cries out to the Lord and finds no relief. 
And in those times, in those seasons of life, when we find that the Lord is far from us, when we find that the Lord is distant from us, we need to continually cry unto Him. We need to have that persistence as we find here in Psalm 88. Psalm 88 and Psalm 89 are the last two books the last two psalms in the third book of the Psalter. And these two books at the end describe the distress that we have seen throughout these psalms within the third book. The psalmist here has declared particularly in these um, psalms to the sons of or for the sons of Korah that the people of God have found themselves in great distress. There's no end in sight. And so at the end of that, we find this individual lament in Psalm 88. And we find a corporate psalm of lament in Psalm 89. Both expressing the devastation that God's people have experienced. And yet the distress and the misery of not hearing the Lord respond to them. So these last two psalms express the devastation. And in the title, we see that again, these are psalms to be sung for the sons of Korah. And it says, To the chief musician upon Mahalath Lanoth. That title, Mahalath Lanoth, is found only in Psalm 53 and here in Psalm 88. That Hebrew term Mahalath Um, is an uncertain term. We're not certain what it refers to other than some kind of tune that was sung. Perhaps it's a somber tune because this particular psalm would be sung in a very somber way. And so it can refer to a somber note. But that term, lenoth, in Hebrew means to afflict or to humble. And then that word maskal, as we have seen before, is a teaching psalm. It's a didactic psalm. And it's intended to instruct us. But it mentions it's a psalm of instruction of Haman the Azurite. If you turn over to 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 31, 1 Kings 4.31, you see a reference to Haman. It says in verse 30 of 1 Kings 4, And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east country and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men. He was wiser than Ethan, the Ezraite, and Haman, and Kalal, and Darda, the sons of Mahal, and his fame was in all the nations round about. And then when you turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 25, 1 Chronicles chapter 25, you see another reference to Haman. Verses 1 through 6 of 1 Chronicles 25, the text tells us that David and the captains of the host separated themselves to the service of the sons of Asaph and of Haman and of Jeduthun who should prophesy with harps, with psalteries, with cymbals, 
and the number of the workmen according to their service was. And then it lists all the workers, all the Levites who were organized by David to serve as musicians in the temple of the Lord. And so David here in the first six verses of of 1 Chronicles 25 establishes the singers for the temple of God and one of them is named Haman. And so most likely Haman that is referred to in the title is the one who by his wisdom instructs the people in the worship of God to sing this particular psalm. Now we need to be reminded that these psalms are to be sung corporately by the people of God. And that these psalms, even though there might be a note of despair, a note of, of despondency, a, a note of expressing devastation, they are intended to instruct us in those night seasons, in those difficult times of life. And so we are instructed under our afflictions to humble ourselves, as the New Testament tells us, under the mighty hand of God. And He will uphold us. This is the only lament psalm. You know what a lament psalm is? A psalm that expresses uh, lament. It expresses sorrow. And this is the only lament psalm in all of the Psalter that seems to offer no hope. You read through there and there's no Nothing to express hope. There's nothing to say, but my hope is in the Lord. Generally with lament psalms, they begin expressing the condition of the psalmist, and then it ends on this high note. And so you go from here to here. But in this one, it starts on somewhat high note, and then it just goes down from there. When you see there in the first verse... The psalmist is addressing the God of his salvation. He states, I have cried to thee day and night. And then he pleads with the Lord, hear my prayer. And then he expresses that prayer. But there's no hope in sight. It's a somber tune. The psalmist here, and you see that very clearly in the text, the psalmist sees his future as confronting death. Confronting the grave. Confronting destruction. You see that particularly in verses 10 through 12. This is oftentimes why people have a difficulty singing the Psalms. Because they'll automatically come to a Psalm like Psalm 88 and say, why would I sing that? There, there's, there's nothing to sing. It's, it's depressing. It's, it's uh, hopeless. It's, it's despairing. And yet when you look very clearly at the psalm, even though there might not be any hope uh, stated in the text, it's simply a lot of questions. You you see that. Um, Verse 10, verse 11, verse 12, verse 13, uh, verse 14. They're all questions that the psalmist asks of the Lord. But it doesn't seem like there's any end in sight. But when we look at it, and when, he, when we understand that all of the Psalms have a messianic message to it, we see particularly that this Psalm is describing a crushing sense of God's wrath upon a soul. 
causing the conscience to be pierced with affliction, causing one to find himself in great distress. But this particular psalm gives great hope because when we see it, it speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as it speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see that he was under the crushing weight of the wrath of God. We see that for a time, the father withdrew himself from his son. That the Lord Jesus Christ faced great tribulation. That the Lord Jesus Christ was crushed with the weight of our sin and our guilt. And the Father propitiated His wrath upon Him. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus there on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that's the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've cried, verse 13, O Lord, unto thee. Why have you cast off my soul? Why have you hidden thou your face from me? If we were just to read that on its surface, it would make no sense. And yet it speaks of the misery and of the great despair of the Lord Jesus Christ as he faced great tribulation. Here the psalm speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ in his suffering. We see him abandoned by the Father, forsaken. And yet the Lord Jesus Christ in his great hour of darkness endured that. He was laid down for a season in the grave. Yet the scriptures tell us that he rose again. And so here we find great comfort and consolation for the people of God in their afflictions. What hope do we have in our afflictions if we have no union with Christ? We we talked about this a little bit this morning as we are called to suffer with Christ and as we find ourselves suffering with Him as His servants, then we will one day be raised up. And so as this particular psalm in verses 1 through 9 express the suffering of the psalmist, we see in verses 10 through 18 that prayer, that cry for mercy. But there doesn't seem to be any end in sight. There doesn't seem to be any um, reason for the psalmist finding any hope, at least on the surface. Gordon Ketty says in Psalm 88 that when helpers fail and comforts flee, we find our refuge in God alone. All the Psalms end on a rising note. And when we consider what the Lord Jesus Christ experienced in His darkest hour, we see at the end He was raised up And gives hope to every believer in their time of great sorrow. And so if we again see this psalm on the surface. It seems as if it's a psalm of gloom and doom. But why is it structured this way? Why is it give this series of questions. Where the psalmist cries out. Lord why have you forsaken me? 
Shall thy wonders be known in the dark, thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? I am afflicted and I am ready to die, verse 15, from my youth. While I suffer thy terrors, I am distracted. But as the psalmist begins, he calls on the God of his salvation and expresses that his heart is full of trouble. That his heart is weary. That his heart is left in despair. That word there in verses 3 and 4, when it talks about going down into the grave or going down into the pit, it is not what is erroneously translated by some as hell, but it is the grave. It is the place of the dead. That's what's in view view here. And so, verse 7 says, Your hand lieth hard upon me. It rests upon me. Greatest affliction that the psalmist faced was not physical affliction. But it was a sense of experiencing the wrath of God against sin that offered that crushing weight upon him. So you think more about the Lord Jesus Christ, particularly there in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 5 and 6. I just want to refer to to that reference there. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 5 and 6. We've, We've seen this psalm in other places. But again, we see so many of these messianic psalms referring to the sufferings of Christ. Verse... uh, Isaiah chapter 53 verses 5 and 6. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Here the servant of the Lord, who is described as Jesus Christ, fulfills the purpose and plan of God as he receives blessing for his people. And it was his joy, it was his delight, as we are reminded of in Hebrews, that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the pain and the agony. Even though he felt abandoned by God, the Lord will never abandon his people. The Lord Jesus Christ in that horrible scene there on the cross takes upon himself the sin and the misery of his people. So here in this psalm we, we see the wailing particularly of Haman. And it illustrates for us as the people of God, the great despair that we sometimes feel. 
that our soul is faint within us, that we seem to have no power or strength left. We find the miseries and the troubles that come upon us. But notice there in verses 8 and 9, Thou hast put mine acquaintance far from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up, and I cannot come forth. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. So here we see that the troubles that he experiences loses its burden. Because sometimes there are loving friends who are near to us. Yet in the case of Haman, it seems like he was alone. He suffered and mourned alone, and all of his friends forsook him. But this is what we see in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. That even in, his, even in that hour of his agony, as he's praying there in the garden, his disciples are what? They're sleeping. And then as he is ready to go to the cross, we find that Peter had forsaken him. And oftentimes, the Lord Jesus was forsaken of those who claimed that they would follow him. There's a wonderful story that I tell by way of illustration by a man named Sanford Greenberg. Does anyone know who he is? He wrote the words, Hello darkness, my old friend. If you grew up in the generation I did, really enjoying the music of Simon and Garfunkel, they recorded a song called Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. Art Garfunkel, when he was in college in New York City, met his roommate, Sandy Greenberg. And they became very good friends. And over time, Sandy Greenberg, as a young man, began to go blind. So he went to the doctor, and the doctor said he thought he just had a temporary blindness. But it wasn't temporary. He began to experience blindness in total. And he completely went blind. And Art Garfunkel took him and became a close dear friend to him. He took him everywhere. He helped his friend when he found himself in a desperate situation. One day he left him purposely in the middle of Grand Central Station in New York City. Just left him there. He didn't know where he was or where he was going. But Art Garfunkel was standing from a distance watching him just to encourage him to go on even in his blindness. And finally he called out to him and he heard that familiar sound and he said, Art? And he says, why did you leave me? Why did you abandon me? And he committed himself to him for the remainder of his life. And so when Paul Simon recorded that song, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, those words became familiar to Sandy and he wrote a book that was just released here a year or so ago called Hello Darkness, My Old Friend.
And he speaks as a blind man of his friend Art, who was there to help him in the most darkest time of his life. I can't imagine being in a situation where you feel alone and forgotten. But the Lord Jesus felt alone. He felt forgotten and abandoned. But as he rose again in victory over death, and as he ascended to his Father, he assures us that in our darkest hour, in the most difficult seasons of life, He is there to comfort us and to cheer us on. As the old hymn writer says, Abide with me when other helpers fail and comforts flee. Lord, abide with me. You know, there are seasons in life when There are no answers. As a pastor, you know, you want to be able to give everybody an answer. Okay, here's what you need. But you're not giving out medicine. You're not giving out some prescription that will will give relief. Sometimes there are no answers in life. Even in those times of afflictions, we can't just wave a magic wand and say, you know, everything is going to be okay. But you know, when we face those dark times, when we face those dismal times, we as God's people have that sense of His goodness and of His mercy. That there may be those times when we feel like God is withdrawing His comforting hand from us. There might feel like those times when the Lord doesn't hear us, that He is deaf to our prayers. It may be that the horror and the weight of our own sin makes us feel like God has abandoned us. There are those times when we can fall into great sin and feel like the Lord has rejected us. And yet because we are justified in the sight of God through the perfect righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to be patient We need to endure knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ loves His own. We may face that spiritual desolation at times in life. It may shake us. It may disturb us. There were those times in our lives when things will come and we we just, we we feel like we want to give up. And yet the sufferings of the sinless Son of God in whom this particular psalm is fulfilled has experienced abandonment in the most highest degree. And yet He suffered for us. He bore the wrath of our sin that we might become His sons and daughters. That we might have that hope That even in the midst of anguish and despair, He is always faithful and will never leave us nor forsaken us. There in the end of this particular psalm, verses 15 through 18, 
As the psalmist says, I'm afflicted and ready to die. Lover and friend, thou hast been put far from me. Mine acquaintances are into darkness. This is a perfect picture of that soul agonizing under the sense of God's withdrawal. And yet the perfect Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away our sins, is always near to us. He is our elder brother. He is the one who loves us. And so we need to flee to Him. We need to cling to Him. We need to rejoice in Him. We need to find our shelter and our consolation in Him. For He has endured all things for the sake of His elect. There is redemption through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even though His lovers and friends had abandoned Him. The Lord Jesus Christ will never abandon you. In your darkest hour, He is your closest friend. He is the one whom the proverb describes as the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There have been those times in life, and I've experienced it some, where you feel like your closest friends have abandoned you. You feel like those who have been close to you have, have left you. And yet one consolation throughout all the disparity of life is that the Lord Jesus Christ never abandons you. That He is your brother, your lover, your friend. He is the one who walks with us through the valley of death. He is the one that Psalm 23 describes as walking with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And we have nothing to fear. Oh yeah, our, our faith may be shaken at times. Um, I think we would be foolish to say, oh, my faith has never been shaken. There are those occasions when our faith is shaken. But we don't give up. We don't turn away from the Lord. But it's in those seasons that we cling to Him more and more. And we find as the psalmist cries out day and night before him. And as he says, let my prayer come before thee. He's pleading with God, incline thine ear unto me. Yet the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who hears that prayer. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one to whom we can call day and night. Because he has experienced every affliction and every trial that we will ever experience. And so we can indeed come before Him and cry out to Him. So friends, when we find ourselves in the disparity and darkness of life, let us look to the One who has experienced death for us. Let us flee to Him and let us draw near to Him and death, darkening, dark, darkness of death, and even in the darkness of life, whatever things we may face, the Lord will never leave us, nor forsake us. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we do give Thee thanks for the great work 
of salvation. We thank you that by your suffering, your passion, your death, your glorious resurrection, you have freed us from the tyranny of Satan. You have freed us from the pain and the guilt of our sin. And we thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that you are our brother and our friend. We pray that as we experience the darkness and despair of life, that you will never turn away from us. And Lord, we ask that you give us faith to trust you in those dark seasons of life. Give us faith to trust you when everything around us seems to make no sense. But we know that in Christ, we have hope. We have victory. Because you have been victorious over sin and death. And that crown, that awaiting glory is promised for us as well. And we give you all glory, honor, and praise. We ask this in your most holy name. Amen. Now we will sing Psalm 88b. O Lord, I've daily called upon thy name. <laughs>